Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, the founder and CEO of Cannabis Marketing Association. And you can connect with me on Instagram at LeeBuff and Twitter at LeeBuff21. Today's conversation features Zane Bolin. Zane is an Arizona-based serial entrepreneur, the creative director of Wandering Creative Agency and a small business investor. Zane builds businesses by focusing on digital marketing strategies and unified brand messaging. With 10 years of marketing and business experience within many different industries, he's able to come up with out-of-the-box solutions to solve major business problems. Since a young age, he's found innovative solutions to generate income to fund his investments. Recently, he was named in the top 100 marketers of 2020, and his strategies have boasted 16,000% increases in key online metrics within a single year. These strategies have also more than doubled gross income and tripled profits for many of his clients. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us for today's episode of Party Like a Marketer. We have Zane Bolin of Wandering Creative Agency today, who's going to talk to you about best practices in cannabis marketing and the work that he has done for cannabis brands, including Baked Bros, an edible company based out of Arizona, which is an emerging adult use market. And they've been in the medical space for a while now. So we're going to talk about some of those applications that cannabis marketers and brands can use moving forward. So Zane, thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure to have you. Could you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It's really nice to join you. Um, So my name is Zane Bolin, like she said. I uh, have been a marketer, as a director or a manager for about 10 years now. Um, and recently I joined the cannabis community about almost two years ago. I'd say just, just under two years ago. And it's been a very interesting industry to jump into. Um, a lot of the problems that are in the cannabis industry aren't present in many other industries. So it's been fun being part of the group of people who is figuring out legalities and the hoops that have to be jumped through for marketers in this space. Um, And so I've been helping brands do this for almost about two years. And what were you doing prior to cannabis? So before cannabis, I was actually at uh, commercial real estate. Um, I was working in magazines and um, clothing. So I did uh, a clothing brand for about seven years. And then switched over to a current, uh, commercial real estate magazine. Um, and that was kind of cool getting to see the inside and out of how buildings are made and who builds them, who sells them, everything like that. And actually some of the connections there helps big bros get some, uh, some real estate. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a big aspect of the, the cannabis industry as well. Um, well, that's awesome. So. Let's, I'd like to hear a little bit more about Wandering Creative. Um, tell us about your agency, you know, what you specialize in um, and the type of work that you do. Yeah, so Wandering Creative has been around for about two and a half years. Um, I started it uh, very quickly after the magazine. Um, I had noticed that a lot of companies were having trouble with branding, SEO, and um, website design. Um, a lot of people are going and finding the cheapest solution possible, or they're getting um, a ridiculous quote from like one of the world's best agencies that they can't afford. So I wanted to find a, a solution for that. 
of someone who provided great uh, branding, SEO, and web design that also didn't cost an arm in LA. Um, so we created an agency here in, in Phoenix. I have about uh, two collaborators that help me, and we have a bunch of contractors that help us. Um, and what we do is we really work with these companies and we focus on what they need. We tailor all of our solutions to them. There's no set prices except for our SEO. And that is because it's a very set service. It has set needs that you need to do. And it's, it doesn't matter if your company is Apple or if your company is big first, you're not going to really need anything different when it comes to SEO. Um, but every other one of our, our services is custom tailored to our clients. And we take the time, we sit down with you, we understand your problems, your needs, and then we recommend the best actions for you. So first I'd like to talk about effective marketing strategies that you see brands utilizing in this space. Um, one of the things we know is that kind of traditional ad outlets and channels that, you know, any other industry could use, whether it's social media or Google ads, aren't necessarily available to cannabis companies, um, which means it, I think is both a creative opportunity and a challenge for brands to figure out, you know, how do I reach my target customer and my audience? So what are some effective marketing strategies that you see brands utilizing in cannabis? Well, one of the things that I see that uh, they're really taking advantage of is the in-dispensary marketing. Um, these people are already going and looking for cannabis. And so if you're putting up your signage and getting all of your stuff sent over to the dispensaries, you're doing the TV ads, you're doing your little display setups, um, things like that, you're getting those brand impressions of cannabis consumers right away. Um, not everyone is doing this. And so it's kind of a miss on a lot of brands part they're just not taking advantage of that. I mean, when you go into a dispensary right now, there's a wall of products hanging up. If you don't have a little bit of your marketing there, it just looks like a sea of products. Um, the other thing is that the, the brands that are directly focusing 90 to 100% of their marketing on the customers and not in uh, on the dispensaries themselves are seeing much larger returns. Uh, and by that, I mean, um, we have butt tenders and things like that, and they're great. They tell all the information you need to train them, make sure that they're all doing what they need to do. But when you advertise, you need to make sure that you're focusing on your customers because they're the ones who are buying it. Um, I see a lot of people kind of playing with both, and it looks like the stuff that focused towards the customer itself outperforms uh, anything that focuses on people inside of the industry, which is crazy to think because it's like, we just switched from medical and medical, you pretty much had to focus on these industry exclusive people because it was the only thing that worked. Um, and that's been a really unique switch that I didn't exactly expect, um, but it's been really interesting to see. Uh, and then the final piece of the marketing that I think is actually the most effective piece is SEO. There are only five brands in all of cannabis space in the country that are focusing on SEO. There is a huge amount of brand out there. And there are millions of search terms that are directly related to your products and your people. And you can own them. And it's very easy. Most of them are, have a keyword difficulty, which is just uh, the score of how to catch them. Below 70. 
and anything below 70 is something you want to go for. So can you elaborate a little bit on the opportunity that brands have to connect with retailers in the dispensary space? Um, yeah. How might they go about that? Is that connecting with you know the store managers or is it the bud tenders directly? How would a brand um, take advantage of, of what you mentioned as far as making sure they're marketing materials there? What's that first step? So the first step would be connecting with um, the purchasing manager that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis or a week-to-week -week basis, and you ask for their marketing manager. Almost every dispensary out here has a marketing manager or someone who runs the marketing at all their stores, and they are looking for marketing, cheap advertisement, ways to improve sales. And um, there's a little bit of a statistic that says every time a customer sees a product, they're 30 more, they're 30 percent more likely to buy it. So if you put a picture of the product and they see the product, that's two impressions right there. Um, and so the best way is to get in touch with the marketing department at each dispensary. If they don't have a marketing person, then you need to connect with their um, general manager and talk about, hey, like we would love to get some of our, our marketing in your store to help you sell our products quicker. The more we sell here, the more money you make, the more money we make. It's a mutually beneficial uh, advertisement campaign. And so you, you talk to them in that form and you're just like, hey, let's work together. Um, sometimes they'll want you to post your uh, sales to Instagram or things like that, which obviously you can't. So you have to just repost a picture from their page that says them. Uh, um, but most of the time it's just, hey, we've got this awesome TV ad for you and hopefully it will increase your sales. And you just send it over and they, they put it up. So it's, it's creating um, digital content for the digital screens. It could be printing materials. Um, yes. It could be, uh, yeah, any of those like cardboard displays or educational materials, but basically it's the brands offering to create content on behalf uh, that would take up space in the, the store to connect with those customers directly. Correct, yeah. And actually I've seen a really cool idea where um, there's these little cardboard cutouts, but they have TV screens on. So you can hang them on the racks and when uh, they're motion activated, so when you walk by them, they'll start playing and it'll start telling you the story of the product. And so you start sitting there and if you do a 30 second to two minute little recording, it, that's super effective. And um, actually that comes from uh, one of your other CMA members and he is the person who makes those. And he's awesome to work with. Um, what, what is that company? I would have to look it up. Okay, cool. Um, and then where would bud tender education fit into this? So if we're talking about, you know, advertising at the point of sale and advertising at retail, you know, there, there's the physical component of making sure your marketing materials are there. But what about the you know, the conversation that the customer is having with the bud tender. How do brands approach that? And is that part of that conversation you have with the purchasing manager or is that something different? Yeah, that is definitely a conversation you have with the purchasing manager. Uh, most of the time they're wanting you to come in and teach all about your products. The more educated the bud tenders are, the better they will do. Um, we actually like to do a little bit of a raffle 
And so we're like, hey, we can actually track how many of our products you sell. And so we're going to give you all this educational tools to sell it. And the person who sells the most gets a $500 gift card or whatever. And so we'll be like, hey, it's worth your time to learn our education. That makes sense. That makes sense. So then you would just go in and actually speak with the bud tenders um, on like when would this normally happen? Do you do it kind of off hours separately or just work with the purchasing manager to find when you can come in and effectively train their staff on your, your pitch? Yes. So basically we do work with them and find the time that works best for them. Um, most of the time it's the mornings um, just because it's when it's slower in the dispensary um, and they go in and they typically they bring all their bud tenders in that day. So that way, instead of uh, our education team having to go twice or three times in a week to educate the entire staff, they bring all the bud tenders in, we go in and we basically were like, okay, hey, so this is kind of all about our products. You need to know this, this, and this. These are the three sales points that really make it a valuable product. Um, and you really just focus on like the pieces that they understand. And then you also talk to them and you go, hey, like, don't recommend this one if you don't like indicas. If you, if they're like, hey, like, what do you prefer? And you're like, I'm a sativa person. And you're like, well, I'm gonna use sativa. And so you recommend that one. Now, we also know that there's a little bit of a fallacy between indica and sativa. And so you kind of also have to explain to them, it's like, hey, some of these products are strain specific, some aren't, some things like that. Uh, it just depends on the brand itself. And so you kind of have to walk down that line too. And so you're like, well, do you like Granddaddy Purple? Do you like Sour Kush? You have to also walk down that line too. So it's giving them, you know, the, the pitch, right? The three main points, but also sort of these if and and scenarios that they know how to handle different types of conversations. Yes. That makes sense. Awesome. Well, I, I actually want to circle back to your point about SEO, because um, I think we get asked about this a lot. And I, to me, it seems as if it's one of the more misunderstood aspects of marketing. And we know SEO is, you know, part the brand and your online presence and your website, but it's also how you're leveraging keywords and how you actually write where there's sort of this technical side to it. And then there's also the design side to it. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on specifically kind of the biggest missed opportunities that you see cannabis brands missing when it comes to their SEO strategy? So it, it's funny, actually, the biggest miss is off-page SEO, which is not on their website at all. Most companies are not listing themselves with Google, with Apple Maps, with Yelp, with all these other companies that list them for free. Um, and all of these places have a high domain authority. Domain authority is just um, the amount at which Google trusts a website. So the higher that domain authority, the more likely you are to rank higher. Well, if you get a bunch of these websites like Yelp, Apple, Google itself, linking your website, your domain authority goes up. And so when they type in uh, dispensary near me, if you list it with these 30 to 50 plus listing sites, you're going to pop up. You're going to be in the top 10 no matter what, because most people are only listed with two or three. You list with all 50, you're going to pop up much quicker. It's especially important for dispensaries because local SEO is great for retail locations. 
Um, but there's also technical SEO, which is, does your website work properly? Are the meta tags written? And a meta tag is kind of like the background of your headers um, and your little description. So when you look on Google, say you Google in uh, THC syrup, right now you're gonna find baked rose at the top. And so right now I'll say THC syrup, baked rose. And that's the meta tag on the back end for up for baked rose. Um, and then we also write down the little description in the description meta tag. And this allows us to change the way that it looks in the Google search so that it ranks better. Um, and you can do that with a lot of different products, searches, blogs, even your homepage. Um, and I think that is the next most missed one is people also uh, talk very differently. And so there's a free tool called uh, Google Trends and you can actually search the difference between words. So you can be like, okay, so which plant is searched more, granddaddy purple or sour diesel? And you can put both of those into Google Trends and you can find out which one they're searching more. And so then, you know, it's like, oh, maybe we should go with granddaddy purple. That one gets searched way more. And you can actually do that with up to five terms at a time. So you can compare a bunch of different things. Um, my personal recommendation is to get SEMrush. Uh, that's the tool I use to really understand SEO and how your website's performing, the keywords you're looking for, things like that. So if, so dispensaries, it obviously makes sense as far as these listing sites. What, what about product brands or B2B brands? Does it still make sense to do the local listings if you are, you know, maybe don't have a physical location? Um, right now, I still recommend doing the local listings. You may not have a, you know, a, a physical location, but you at least have a PO box or something like that because you have to accept mail. Um, and also right now, it's very state-specific. Yes, you might sell in multiple states, but you can actually list states as your location. So then people can find you that way on Google. Um, but it also gives you those backlinks. Backlinks are a huge piece of your domain authority score and domain authority helps you rank better. So it's definitely still worth it. Um, you're not gonna pop up when you say locust, local edible brands me, you know, no one's really searching that. And so if someone types that in, you know, you're not gonna pop up if you're based in Phoenix and the person searching it's in LA, but you know, it's still good for you. And it's free. Cool. Okay. So SEO. Yeah, it is free. Um, we've seen a domain authority come up in multiple different ways, whether it's PR um, or utilizing SEO, but getting these high quality sites to link back to your site um, is always very beneficial when it comes to SEO. So um, what are some lessons you've learned as a cannabis marketer? Like anything you wish you knew when you first started your agency, anything, you know, I, I feel like part of why I started CMA was I was learning everything the hard way in the space, particularly in the early days of the industry. But what's your take on that? What are some things you learned that you wish you knew uh, maybe a little earlier on? I think the biggest thing for me in cannabis marketing was things don't go as fast um, because of all the red tape. Uh, so it's like, I'm running a million miles per hour and I'm like, oh wait, I need to go back and double check all these red tapes to make sure that this piece actually is compliant. Um, especially with like social media, it's like, 
well, you can't say sale, you can't say promotion, you can't say deal, you can't say, you know, so there'd be tons of times where we're like, uh, we're writing and it's a fantastic uh, comic or a fantastic uh, photo description. And we're like, we can't put that, we can't say that. And so we'd have to go back to the drawing board. And so everything kind of slows down in cannabis marketing, which is a little infuriating because it's like, <laughs> marketers are used to going 100 miles per hour and they're like I gotta go 50 miles per hour because if I don't I'm gonna miss a red tape and we're gonna get kicked off or we're gonna you know end up uh, missing something really important yeah and then that ends up taking more time later to fix and now you're going 100 miles an hour but you're four steps back um, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a really good answer. No one's actually said that we, we asked that, but it does, it does take time, even though it feels as if you're going fast and you are going fast. Um, so what are, what is your favorite part about working in the cannabis industry? I think my favorite part about the cannabis industry is that it's, it is very much unlike any other industry. This industry is, you know, it's, from the underground still, you still have some of that old school culture in there, but it's also this place where it's like, you know, I can walk into just about any dispensary and everyone's gonna go, oh, hey, what's up Zane? You know, they're not gonna, just because they're from a rival product, they're not gonna just be like, oh, whatever. They're gonna actually get to talk to you. They're gonna be like, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? You know, um, which is always my favorite part because I actually, can't consume I'm allergic to it really um, yeah so, so it's it's uh it's always funny they're like wait what and I'm like yeah I break out hives um so it's been really fun to like learn everything about the plant I've always loved it as a kid grew up in the stoner group and everything like that um but it's the connection that's in that community and the community itself grows together even though they're all uh competitors. It's unique. Did you grow up in Arizona? I did not. I grew up in Virginia. Oh, right. Uh, yes. And I moved out to Arizona at 24, um, which is funny because my dad actually grew up in Arizona and moved out to Virginia at 24. Nice. Did a little switch there. Yep. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, the work you do with Baked Bros and what makes, you know, the partnership between Baked Bros and your agency, Wandering Creative, um, unique and special. So the reason why it works so well is uh, just because of there's so much stuff to do and no, no cannabis business really has a marketing team big enough to do everything they need to do. It's just so early on and just about every team's growth that they need help. Um, so, you know, you don't have experts in every single area when it comes to your internal marketing team because of that. And so I kind of fill in some of those gaps, like SEO has been my big thing, um, with them. And then also a little bit of branding, um, which I just, you know, gave advice on, um, their internal team built it, but the SEO has been really the biggest partnership there, which we got them named as uh, the top mover of 2020 with Pioneer Intelligence. Got this nice little plot for it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which Pioneer Intelligence is a really good tool if you want to see how your, your brand is stacking up. Uh, 
there's almost 900 brands on it right now. So not all of them are on there. So if you're not on there, reach out to them, say, Hey, we're in the industry. We'd like to be part of this. And he'll start collecting the data from your brand and get you on there. Uh, it takes about three months to get you up there to get enough data points. Um, but it's really cool because if you're doing well, you're in that top 100 and there's a list and it will show you where you're at. So interesting. And speaking of that, um, just to bring back the conversation about SEO, how do you measure ROI for SEO? Like, is there sort of one true north metric that is a domain authority? I know it's, you know, very complex as far as keywords and everyone's strategy, but if you could simplify it for our listeners, what would be, what would be the conversation around SEO ROI? So there's two different ways you can track it. One is uh, website traffic and the other is sales. Um, most brands cannot create sales on their own platform. So uh, for brands, it's typically tracked in website traffic. And obviously you want to target it to your uh, company's niche. Uh, if you're edibles, you want it to be people who are interested in edibles. If it's vapor, vapes, it's people who are interested in vape. Um, and so we basically can go through and track about how much you can possibly get and be like, okay, so if you can get 30% of this, you'll be happy. And then the goal is to get 30% of those keywords. And so you uh, create a visibility chart. And basically it tells you how visible you are for all those keywords. And most of the time when you start, you're like less than 1%. Um, but we've gotten brands up to 20, 22% visibility for hundreds of plus keywords. And that's that's where you start getting all those brand impressions. Um, we got to a point where we were hitting over a million brand impressions a month on Google. So when people were searching within the first five keyword or five choices with baked bros, and so that would count as an impression. So you see that you see baked bros, you see baked bros, and so that counts as an impression. Um, with dispensaries, though, it's sales, um, and you can actually traffic that funnel, and you can watch it. You can see, okay, these people came from SEO. Now they're on our, our buy now page. They've made a purchase. And then you then track them on your uh, in-house sales platform. It's like, okay, these people actually came and picked up the order. And is that a new change with, you know, COVID this year and everyone moving online as far as, you know, order ahead, being able to like effectively track sales? Because I know we're, we're not doing you know, check out and pay over the internet per se. Um, but is that a change that you've seen this year? It definitely got more frequent, you know, right before COVID was when I kind of started in uh, the industry with that. Um, and they were, you know, you were lucky if you got about 4,000 people on your page from SEO. And then um, it really started to pick up. And I mean, I saw some brands making over 100,000 on uh, their online platforms, you know, not making it because they can't actually buy it, but then going and picking it up in the store. And so they were ordered online. Um, and yeah, COVID definitely made ordering cannabis online more realistic for people and people felt safer doing it. Yeah, I think COVID uh, really changed a lot. Uh, and particularly with the essential business designation, I think has changed overall the conversation we're having around this industry. 
um, but also just the ease in which we can now order and connect and um, find products and, and good information online that I think the industry was heading towards, but it just, I, I think, hyper accelerated it, um, certainly in, in Colorado where we're based. So I, that's uh, cool to see that's happening um, in Arizona as well. So a um, few last questions here before we, we wrap up. Um, what are you most hopeful for in regards to the future of cannabis? And that could be anything, whether it's you know the industry or marketing, but where do you really see things heading? So I personally believe that uh, federal recreation will come probably in the next three years. Uh, and if it does, I am very interested to see how brands grow beyond their state. Um, because right now they're very trapped and limited to the states that they're in. And so they haven't, a lot of them haven't built these scalable futures um, because it's, it's, there's a huge barrier to entry into the yeah. next state. So most of them are like, we're making a good amount here and we're going to have to do this for a few years to get to a place where we can jump to the next state. Um, but when all those barriers come down, it's going to be an interesting race. And so I'm interested to see who's going to be able to react and switch quick enough to that change and really get themselves across the country. And I think the brands that are taking those leaps and breaking through those barriers right now are in the best position to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, federal legalization is, is no doubt going to change everything, but seeing who's prepared and who thought it through will be really interesting. Um, something we're all kind of looking at here. And um, one question I'd also like to ask, have you seen anything change that surprised you as far as Arizona going adult use so quickly? As far as when they, you know, kind of voted on it and, and rolled it out, like anything you've seen this year that was like, I, you know, didn't expect that um, either from an industry perspective or marketing? Yeah, I think um, something I wasn't expecting was a lot of these smaller brands were very, very quick. Um, they were able to get adult products into these stores that large brands just weren't able to do. Um, so there's a lot of up and coming brands that just jumped at this opportunity because of the switch. You know, everyone was preparing for legalization to really happen about now. And it happened in January. Yeah. Everywhere, you know, um, and the small brands were able to pivot and quickly change and the bigger brands weren't able to do that. And so uh, a lot of the bigger brands lost some market share and the smaller brands were able to step right up and take that. And that was, that was interesting. It was also a very quick lesson to some of the bigger brands. It was like, Hey, we gotta be, we gotta be faster. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I think, excited and hungry entrepreneurs here. And that's that's one of the things that can be an advantage as a, a small business is when there are big changes, you, you can pivot quicker because um, there's sort of less less team and tape there, but, um, you know, often also means less budget. So balancing that can be can be difficult. Okay, well, before we wrap up, any, you know, last advice or points you would want to make um, to the the marketers and brands and businesses listening as far as, you know, best practices in cannabis marketing, anything you wish you knew, advice you would, you know, pass on now that you've had this experience in the field. I see cannabis marketing becoming more and more, uh, not corporate, but kind of corporate. 
And one of the things that comes with corporate is system and processes that have already been put in place. Um, so I recommend to most cannabis marketers, get your HubSpot certifications. They're huge. Um, not only are they useful in knowing how to use HubSpot, but they're also very useful in just, once you understand those concepts, you can take them and apply them to any system. And so learn them. Learn them and make yourself more knowledgeable in the marketing strategies that you have. Um, of Derek's Espinoza from Baker Rose, his favorite quote is, uh, if you know the way broadly, then you know the way in every, or I messed that up, but it's, if you know the way broadly, then you know the way. <laughs> and yeah. so it's kind of, if you have this breadth of knowledge, you can then go into a single area and you, you're going to have an idea of what to do. And so getting all those certifications across the board and you don't even have to do the certifications. There's classes on everything you want to learn over there. Um, and they're free. And it's, you know, take the time, learn something else new and apply it to your business and see what happens. I'm actually glad you mentioned that because we, we require at CMA our, all of our team members to take the inbound marketing as the very first thing uh, they do when they, when they start working with us. Um, and that principle, I think, is, you know, we talked about SEO inbound and SEO are effectively intertwined where SEO is one inbound method, but inbound is one of the ways in which you can utilize marketing in this space when those outbound channels aren't particularly available to everybody. And they are great classes and they are free and they there's more that go in depth. Um, so just to echo what, what you just said, HubSpot inbound marketing would be my suggestion as far as step one, but check out their academy. They do have a lot of courses um, and it is a great tool to use. And it's so, funny that you say that's the one you require because that was the one I required my team you know, as well. Yeah, it's like an hour and 54 minutes and it's basic, but it, it tells you it, to your point about Derek's quote, that high level broad view. Um, and then at that point, it's just how do you apply inbound to each specific channel um, within kind of your marketing toolkit and your marketing uh, mix as well. Okay, well, thank you, Zane. Um, how can folks get a hold of you or contact you? Well, I'm pretty easy to find. You can actually just Google my name and you'll find me very quickly. Um, the other option is wanderingcreativeagency.com uh, where you can get in touch with me and we can we do free SEO reviews. We'll tell you where your website needs some help, where it doesn't, you know, what your top 10 keywords are. We'll send that entire report over to you and help you out. Um, we wanna see everyone succeed, so that's free. You can set up an initial interview, interview with us and we'll pass that out to you. Um, the other way that you can connect with us is on LinkedIn. Again, I'm really easy to find. I'm the only Zane Bowling in the world. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very easy to find on the internet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and, and share all your insights. I'm excited to um, see how things continue to move in Arizona. And that's, that's so exciting you offer that free SEO tool. I think that's a really good uh, first start for a lot of brands. So. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Check us out on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and at Canna Marketing and engage with us. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to join us at the second annual Virtual Cannabis Marketing Summit this June 8th through 10th to learn, play, and network with cannabis communications professionals. 
Over three days, we'll be hosting 12 sessions, three panels, three workshops, and three networking events, including an exclusive members-only track for our CMA members focused on managing marketing teams. Tickets are on sale on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com, and early bird tickets are on sale available through May 25th. And it's virtual, so wherever you are in the world, you can attend. Thank you so much, and I look forward to connecting with all of you on social media. You can find me, Lisa, at LeeBuff on Instagram and at LeeBuff21 on Twitter.